Hello, and welcome to episode 82 of Joy Sounds, music you need to know, where we bring you the brightest independent artists. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm your host, Chris Sampson. Joy Sounds is presented in partnership with Music Connection. Through its daily website, weekly newsletter, and monthly print magazine, Music Connection is an acclaimed, proven resource for the entire music community. For more information, visit musicconnection.com. Today, we feature New York-based artist Kat Reiner. Kat wears a lot of different hats in her musical life. She's a singer, songwriter, recording artist, author, educator, and scholar. We also discuss her new album, Dead Reckoning, a collection of confessional songs that drew heavily upon an important time of transition in her life. Dead Reckoning is now available on all platforms. Kat also gives us three live performances of songs from the album, including Birdsong, Gather a Line, and the title track, Dead Reckoning. So let's begin the episode with a live performance of Birdsong by Kat Reiner on Joy Sounds. I wish I could be a bird Flying high above the city lights But a dove or a raven, I'm not sure Shadow shaped by white and black I'm always chasing gray I wish I could be a bird Whispered Zephyr secrets in my ear But a dove or a raven I'm not sure Whether sung by ice or fire I'm always chasing rain They were almost mine I wish I could be a bird Soaring blithely towards the setting sun But a dove or a raven, I'm not sure I'm always chasing And that was Birdsong by Kat Reinert off of her new record, Dead Reckoning. And it is my pleasure to welcome to Joy Sounds, Kat Reinert. Hey, Kat, how are you? I'm great, Chris. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you so much for doing this. And I should mention that that was a live performance of Birdsong. So thank you so much for doing that for us. You're welcome. Yeah. So what a gorgeous song. Uh, It's so evocative, swimming with metaphor, and it's just a beautiful piece of songwriting. Give me a little bit of the backstory on this song. Oh, gosh. Uh, Well, 
Weirdly, it was actually because I was teaching a contemporary theory class at the University of Miami, and we were working on modes. And oh, so, <laughs> this is a first. I, this is a first. I've not I, heard the origins of a song come from such a specific place. So go on. Yes. <laughs> we were. I was teaching the modes, and I was working on some voicings and how they could use different things and kind of like include modes into their writing in mm -hmm, a more mm -hmm. modern way. Because we've been listening to a bunch of like jazz and some examples that were a little more esoteric and not super poppy. And so I was sitting down in my in my studio before class and I was just playing around with these voicings um, that I'd found in a book and they were really cool. And they're actually the voicings that um, I play in the live performance. Those That's how the song started. Wow. And and I brought it in actually that day. I, I hadn't finished the entire thing. I'd finished like a verse of of it. I was also listening to Dermot Kennedy, who's a an Irish, like it's um, his music is amazing. And he had a line about doves and ravens in one of his songs. And something about it struck me, just the the juxtaposition of light and dark and how they could exist in both places at the same time. And so that's how the lyric kind of started. And then I brought it into my class and they were like, this is cool. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll finish it. <laughs> so, yeah, and I mean, it, it did lead me down different places that I, I hadn't really in first intentioned. But um, yeah, it has become one of my favorite songs. It's clear that education is a significant part of who you are. And to have that ability to have students as your sounding board, my guess is, is that you've really really experienced that incredible two-way street where you get as much out of teaching as hopefully your students do, right? It, this sounds like a prime example. Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, a lot of, I was just thinking about this the other day, and a lot of the music on this album was inspired by the music I was hearing on a daily basis from the students at the University of Miami. And I was teaching voice lessons, and I was running songwriting ensembles and classes and teaching theory, and like, I'm just hearing all of their music all the time and helping them try to discover how to sing it, how to arrange it for a band. I mean, I would wake up. It happened my my second year there, actually. I, would, like, woke up with a song in my head, and I was like, is that Adele? Is it Sarah Bareilles? And I was like, and I kept going through people, and all of a sudden I was like, no, it's it's this, this student of mine, and her name is, uh, she goes by the artist named Talker, um, and she's based in L.A., but her song had, like... And then, from then on, whenever that happened to me, I was like, all right, which student is it? Like, that's right. stuck in my head. <laughs> because invariably, it was their music. Yeah, I mean, I think they themselves also inspired a lot of this, of just, like, watching them and, tr and thinking about, like, where I was in my career and where I wanted to be and those really interesting juxtapositions that come with having a full-time academic job and wanting to do more art at the same time. Right. So. That hasn't always been an easy balance for you, and I can see why that inspired the title of the record, Dead Reckoning, because we're talking to you now at a time when you're in a in a really exciting but probably scary transition in your life in which you're you're making oh, yeah. that move yeah <laughs> you I mean like you've jumped yeah, with, I, jumped without a net I, haven't you it does I mean I literally I resigned from this amazing job that I I absolutely loved I loved my colleagues I loved my students Miami I could have taken or left but like I loved 
there were parts of the city that I really enjoyed and the people there. And I mean, I left for a couple of reasons. One, my husband and I had been long distance for five years and that was kind of taking its toll. But the other part was just wanting to be near a lot of musicians that I've known for over 20 years, near my band, wanting to really step back into, well, what is it if I lean into being an artist and being a musician, you know, more than leaning into being an educator or a writer? And that was August of 2019. So do the math. Yeah, yeah. You know, like six months later, we're in quarantine and I'm like, what? Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, it was a really interesting and it still is a really interesting transition. And the title Dead Reckoning actually came, I was at the gym and those two words popped into my head and I was like, what does that actually mean? I mean, I knew it was like a nautical term, but I didn't really understand what the the history of the etymology of the word was. And so I looked it up and I mean, it was such a beautiful thought. I mean, to distill it down, it's basically knowing where you are so that you know how far you've come, so you know how to get back home. And I think this whole time period has been a discovery of like, well, where is home? Mm. Like, and where is home for me as an artist, educator, writer? Where is home for me as a human being? Like, and that's what this record really represents for me. Um, Taken as a whole, the record comes off as, if I were to use a word to describe it, as, as honest and confessional. It seems like you're having a having a dialogue with yourself about this transition and about the, the challenges and the breakthroughs and the inspirations and the setback. It really seems to have all of it uh, contained in this record. Yeah, very much so. I mean, there's everything from a song called Accidentally, where I explore imposter syndrome, which I think a lot of people deal with, um, whether you're an artist or an educator, sometimes you're in positions where you're like, really? You think I belong in the room? (laughs) Okay. Yeah, Yeah, right. Um, to, you know, uh, dealing with anxiety and and how to kind of combat some of that, as well as just these, like, there's a song called Torn, which is literally, I mean, it's very, it's a very metaphorical tune in terms of lyrics, but it's really about where do I want to be? Do I want to be in Miami? Do I want to be in New York? Um, and each of what each one of those places represented for me at the time. You had mentioned that one of the advantages of being back in New York was being surrounded by musicians and in particular your band. And what's notable about this new record, Dead Reckoning, is is that it, it has these wonderful live musicians. Sounds to me like you got the band in a room and they played because I can I can hear the chemistry on tape. Is it was that the case in terms of the production? Yeah, it totally was. Um, I booked two days at the Bunker Studio in Brooklyn, New York, and um, we had amazing engineer Aaron Nevesi who engineered the whole thing. And yeah, we had rehearsed as a band for probably about a year. I came, this was, I wasn't, I hadn't left Miami yet, but I'd come up three or four to five times in the year just to either play a gig or work on the music in a workshop format. Um, And the arrangements actually... I mean, I when I work with my band and Perry, the, Perry Smith, the guitarist, I've been working with him for over 10 years. Ross as well, Jesse for about five and Matt for about that long too. So these are friends as well as um, colleagues. And 
So when I bring the music to them, I come in with a really open slate of, I mean, I've got chord changes and like I've got hits and some intro and some transitional pieces in there, but I really want their voices in the music. And so like sometimes it was really funny to watch Jesse and Perry because they would sit there and be like, dude, what about this? Mm -hmm. Oh man, that's cool. How about this? I'll do this, you do that. And like it was, it would take up so much time in rehearsal that sometimes we would go. Um, But yeah, when we got into the recording studio, it was the the concept behind this was to record it live to record all of the instrumental tracks and as many like vocals as I could get I mean it's hard to do 16 hours um, and sure. hope that you're going to come up with like vocals that you're going to want to keep just because it's so much uh, stress on the voice itself over sure. that period and sure. I was engineering the session so I was well not engineering but I was producing the session so keeping track of like, do I like this? Do we want to do it again? And those kinds of things too. Uh, but my band helped me a lot in that regard. And um, and that was really amazing. And then after that, we went in and I laid down, you know, other vocals and their background vocals. And there's also some sounds and keyboards and mandolin and cello and just some other stuff that was in post-production. Sure. But that was the intention, is to capture the energy of these amazing friends and musicians in a room and let that speak for the the core of the sound of the album. That's the reason why we'd book up that studio is get that basic tracking happening. But there's just no substitute yeah. to being able to capture that, that, that interaction and to hear that you gave the space for them to contribute their best, to bring the best to the project. Um, I think that that speaks a lot to the uh, to the outcome, how, how this came about. I think so, too. Uh, and it's it's always weirdly been the way that I've worked. I think at first it was, when I first started working, a lot of it, I think, looking back, was because I was scared to make choices for the the band members. But over time, my confidence in those kinds of things grew, but I still found, I was like, you know what, I this is actually something kind of cool that I discovered almost on accident mm. because of my fear that I wasn't good enough when I was younger, you know, like, this is tw- 20 years ago, I think, you know, but when I started, but it was just moving through that and discovering like, oh yeah, actually, this is kind of my voice as a musician is to intentionally hire and work with people that have a certain sound that are they're bringing to the table and that is going to influence what comes out on the other side and that's something i've always really enjoyed about working not only with these people but other bands in new york city if you'd be willing let's have another live performance of one of the songs from your new record dead reckoning the one that you're going to play for us is called gather a line and if it's okay let's talk about it on the other side of your performance is that all right yeah sounds like plan okay so this is gather a line performed by cat reiner here on Joy Sounds. She sits in silence A coffee mug of dreams beside Torn up lists and notes to sign She's never had the will to reach for the inside of her dreams The inside where her mind gets messy She wants confetti confessing she's not ready But guessing that the steady climb will lead her to the outside There she goes She'll say, walk alone and gather a line behind you Walk alone, quiet all the noise I might shadows, faith and fate Ignite the darkest truth 
and gather a line behind you She'll learn reliance On simple dreams and roads divine If one step left meets two steps right She'll finally find the will to reach for the inside of her dreams The inside where her mind gets messy She wants confetti, confessing she's not ready But guessing that the steady climb will lead her to the outside There she goes, outside And she'll say, walk alone and gather a line behind you Shadows, faith, and fate ignite the darkest truth. Walk alone and gather a line behind you. Walk alone and gather a line behind you. Walk alone, quiet all the noise. Armored shadows, faith, and fate ignite the darkest truth. Walk alone and gather. And that was Gather a Line, performed by Kat Reinert. You can hear the studio version of that song on her new album, Dead Reckoning. I want to take a minute and thank our co-sponsor, Music Connection. Through its daily website, weekly newsletter, and monthly print magazine, Music Connection caters to artists, musicians, industry pros, and support services. For years, Music Connection has been known for discovering new talent by reviewing unsigned artists, both through its live performance reviews and critiques of recordings. Music Connection never charges a fee for its reviews. Known for years as the Musician's Bible, Music Connection bridges the gap between the street and the elite. It exists to serve artists and music makers of all genres, offering connections to the unconnected and to provide expert, cutting-edge information that can help you take your music to the next level. Whether offering tips on raw survival or exclusive contact lists of industry pros like managers and label representatives, Music Connection is an acclaimed, proven resource for the professional and semi-pro musician. So check it out at musicconnection.com. Now let's get back to our conversation with Kat Reinert. And that was Gather a Line by Kat Reinert from her new record, Dead Reckoning. How does this sort of reflect and tie together your own experience? Well, to be honest, you actually have a hand in this song. Well, quite the <laughs> reveal. <laughs> I know. Um, well, in a little indirectly. So um, I read a post a while ago after you had had John Mayer into USC as mm-hmm. like a a guest artist. And there was a post and 
in his post, he had given some advice for songwriters. And one of those things was gather a line or like walk alone and gather a line behind you. And I was like, oh my God, I love that idea. And so I just took that line and I was like, that's such a cool concept. And I think as a woman as well, like in the music industry, as well as in academia, I feel like I'm always weed whacking. I'm always like, there's no one in front of me who's doing this. Like, Fine. Okay, here we go. I'll do that. And uh, this song came about of just like, well, what is this? And who, how do you do that? And like, how do you, as Kamala Harris says, like, I want to be the first, but I'm not the, I don't want to be the last. You know, I'm the yeah. first, but I'm not the last. And it's like, I, I don't know how you know, broad my reach is as a person. But if I change one person's life and allow them to see that things are possible, then I think, th I mean, that's what I'm really trying to get across in, in this song. And it starts really small as well. Like, it starts pretty sparse musically, like on the, the track itself. And right. then by the end, I mean, there's just like this cacophony of sound <laughs> that's happening. And it's like, like you're blowing up like everything that had come before or is coming and you're like man I'm just crashing through this so that other people can make a journey um and so yeah I'm pleased to hear that I had at least a, an indirect contribution <laughs> to this that's flattering that's really nice it sounds like John gets more credit but that's okay that's all right well but I never would have seen that even like if that hadn't been part of you know, something that was coming through my feed because of you, right? I mean, like, you know, it's an interesting juxtaposition of how art education yep. and life sort of, like, move through each other when you look for those things. Definitely encourage all the Joy Sounds listeners to go check out the recorded version of Gather a Line on Dead Reckoning, because you're right, the um, the build and the drama and what it represents really comes across in that recording. Yeah, it's huge. I can't do it justice, like, live, because I'm like, I need, like, four more voices and ten more hands, and then I can do it justice. <laughs> but, I mean, that was the, the idea behind it, too, was just, like, laying down all these like swirling ideas and then like lots of layered vocals and this line like if you listen there's this really amazing bass line that's running through it um and just trying to like in the mix itself and the the production of it trying to bring different things forward and so you, it feels like this evolution of an idea that grows and grows and grows and isn't so simple anymore in the first part of our conversation, we talked about your life as an educator, but this is a significant life. We, I don't want to minimize this. You, um, no. <laughs> you have a PhD. You are a published author. You are a leader in the field in organizations. So this has been an, an enormous part of your story and uh, who you are. Has that been a challenge? Has that been a challenge to either transition from one to the other, to keep keep all of these multitudes that who you are as an artist and a person in check? How do you balance all of that? I mean, I don't think I've ever really found a balance that I love yet. So I think, I mean, that's part of the journey that I'm on right now is to try to figure out how I can find something that feels more balanced in the those three kinds of worlds. I mean, if you go to my website, it says as artist, as educator, as writer, because these are the three hats that people find me in the world. And so I think, I mean, it's come with a lot of sacrifice. I mean, I released 
my album Spark in 2015. The year before that, I actually entered my doctorate program and the album was done in October of that year. And I couldn't actually, I didn't have the bandwidth to be able to release it until the following August. Um, And then I released it. I got all this great press on it. Like I had a live show that I flew up to New York to do. Um, It was packed, uh, Rockwood 2, which was just a great show. My parents flew in. Like, I mean, I just had all this great stuff. And I literally flew back to Miami two days later, and it was as if nothing had happened. Um, And I had to leave it because I had... I mean, I was a full-time PhD student, uh, and I was a TA, and I had, at the time, I think I was teaching four classes and 11 private students, in addition to a part-time job at another community college. So (laughs) to, like, be able to, like, offset the loans and things that were coming out. So, I mean, it was... It was like something had to give. And the thing that gave in that moment was my artistry in a way. I mean, I was still practicing and writing every day. Like that I have maintained. And I think that has helped maintain a balance where I would get into my office and I would practice from 8 to 10 every morning. Like without fail, I was in there to work on my stuff. Because if I worked on my stuff before I started giving things away to other people, I I felt like, okay, maybe I'm not like... This is my artist retreat, you know. So essentially, the writing of this record was happening in a sort of imposed artist retreat in a way that I was I was still working on music every day and thinking about it, and and then I was helping other people um, work on their music. And I think me leaving was sort of saying, you know what, let's take this seriously. Like, if you're gonna do this, go do it because you don't have another time, and you're running out of time. And uh, like, not that you know, I'm. 90 and running tons of time, but like, I still have a lot of energy. And I was like, I want this to go, you know, and and how can I make that happen? And so I don't know if there, I think with balance, it's a really tricky word in general. I think if you're always seeking it, then you're never completely out of it. But it's, it's not something you ever find, really. I think it's... I I agree. Um, I personally understand you're absolutely right the the problematic term of of balance maybe reframing that into acknowledging that there's different seasons you know maybe there was a season for your academic work that took priority it wasn't the only thing took priority but do you feel like you're consciously moving now into the season of your artist work I do. And I think that's a really great way of, of thinking about it. And it's, it's often the way I think about songwriting, too. I mean, I go through phases where I'm writing like three to five songs a week, you know, and then I'm at a point where I'm not writing as much, but I'm kind of taking in information. And I mean, it's, you know, I want to be clear, like, I'm, I'm very proud of what I've achieved as an academic. I mean, I have a couple book publications. I have a book that's out called Songwriting for Music Educators, because a friend and I were talking and we were finding that music educators really wanted to help their students learn songwriting, but they didn't really, there wasn't anything in school that was really helping them do that. And they wouldn't necessarily gravitate towards a songwriting course because they don't consider themselves a songwriter. So we wanted to have it find us, we found a space. Um, so things like that, and I'm the president for the 
Association for Popular Music Education. I mean, and these are things like that I would never, I wouldn't have met you um, and other people in my life that have made such a magnificent difference in that part of my life, as well as, you know, moving into my artistic thing and giving me confidence that to say like, you know what, I'm going to go be an artist for a while and I'm sort of going to like make the academic stuff just a little quieter in my life for a mm-hmm. while. Um mm-hmm. But I'm still doing things in that world, and I don't think it's something I can ever leave because it's something that feeds me as an artist. So, yeah, it is seasons, and I definitely feel like I am trying to walk into the art and trying to make it like, this is what I'm doing right now, and yo, (laughs) hardcore doing it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, all in, all in. Yeah, all in. I got to say, I admire the courage. It's a remarkable step and a remarkable leap that not everybody has the nerve to do. And you're to be commended. Yeah, it's scary. <laughs> yeah, you're to, be, yeah. you're to be commended with that. In these spheres that you occupy, the writer world, the education world, the artist world, do you, do you find the expectations are even ramped up even further being a woman in those three particular worlds? Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> That's something that's getting louder and louder in my consciousness as well as subconsciousness of just, okay, um, how do I amplify other women's voices? I started a thing about six months ago where every Wednesday I have a Wednesday woman shout out and I just pick someone that I know, whether I know them really well or know them only a little bit. Um, and I, you know, post a picture and direct people to them because I think we as women can amplify other women's voices, you know, in a way that isn't possible in other spaces. Um, and I think also, I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's not super common for women to own all of the things that they are loudly. And I mean, I have a quote that's actually sitting next to my desk that I'm talking to you. I'm going to read it. It says, the greatest act of courage is to be and own all that you are without apology, without excuses, and without any masks to cover the truth of who you truly are. And I think that is so hard to live up to. I mean, it's like, but that's why it sits here is because, Mm -hmm. hey, remember, like all these parts are who you are. And what I found is when I leave one, like when I was really in academic, I was just feeling like something's missing. And I'm not feeling as much like something's missing because now it's, it is a little more balanced. I'm not, I, I don't have a full-time gig. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an adjunct at, you know, a couple places and I, I teach private voice lessons and I run some courses and, um, and then I'm doing all this art. Um, so like I'm creating 12 videos for every song on the album or like all the promo videos that are out, that, uh, came out for this all the promo videos that came out for this album, I did all those, you know, I didn't take the video itself. um, That was done by an amazing videographer here in New York city, but I pieced and edited all of the content, you know, and I think that's been a really interesting artist outlet during COVID because sometimes I don't feel like working in music. And so having another creative outlet that's still engaged with the music I was making it's just, it's been really great, so. Well, Kat Reiner, congratulations on the release of Dead Reckoning. You should be very proud of this accomplishment. It's, it's really great. Thank you. If you can manifest for yourself what's next, what do you see for yourself? Oh, God. <laughs> um, man, I was just talking to my husband this morning about that, and I was like, 
I don't know what's next. Maybe I need to hire a coach. Because <laughs> I'm just like, what? I'm throwing so many things at the wall and trying to see like, what wants to stick? Um, I mean, I know that I want to go on tour. I have a crazy idea of doing a five-week road trip tour, living room tour of playing, like seeing all my friends that I haven't seen. And I mapped it out and it's, it would take me five weeks cross country, you know, around and doing performances at night and like living room house concerts that or salon concerts that used to be called because I love them because you get to meet people and like engage in them and they can ask you questions that you wouldn't be able to do at a venue um, and then you get to hang out with your friends which is super cool and document all of that mm-hmm. so I'm kind of like pinning that next spring um, and hoping that might be possible but but in that kind of realm one of the ideas is that I would be doing masterclasses or workshops at high schools or colleges that are in that area during the day and then being able to do like a concert at night. And I think like that would really bring together these two worlds where I I love working with students, but I want to come in as an artist and come in as a guest who's like not only a great artist, but also a really great educator and understands what that educator is trying to get for their students too. And I think that's, it's not as common. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I love that project. I think that project is wonderful. And I hope that the Joy Sound Studio will be your LA stop for your... Oh, uh, yeah, you're on my list. I even uh, have a theme song I wrote for it. It's like, <laughs> Right. Um, well, yeah, like booked. I have this whole crazy idea. And I'm like, yeah, you kind of, I think you need to do that. Like, it's kind of a loud, crazy idea. So... I'm I'm all about just following what feels good right now. Consider it an open invitation. Joy Sounds will will be happy to host. The, <laughs> That'd be amazing. The Cat Reinert traveling living room <laughs> show. Absolutely. So thank you. It's been such a pleasure to get a chance to talk to you. Before you go, you are uh, very generously going to provide another live performance, and this is the title track, "Dead Reckoning." And for me, I, th- I think that the repeated bridge line summarizes so much about your experience, what you're going through and the courage that it takes and this the sort of risk that you are presenting yourself with. And the line is, the ship in the harbor is safe. That's not what ships are for. And, you know, the idea that, um, you know, yes, it's it's safe there if it's parked and not doing anything and not challenging itself and not taking those risks, but that's not what they're built for, is it? No, it's not. And I, I don't think that's what we as humans are built for either. I think often life gets in our way and or we get in our own way. And so I'm trying to get out of my own way, I think, a lot with this record, as well as just seeing what can happen. And I don't know, so far it's pretty cool. So <laughs> I'll just that's keep fair. going. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah, and it's the last song on the record. So... And that was intentional. Um, it's a little strange to have the title track of an album be the last track, but there wasn't anywhere else that it could go. So, Kat Reiner, thank you so much. We so appreciate it. Oh, man, Chris, I'm so excited to be here. And, like, this was just super fun. It was joy. Sounds there you go. Like, totally. We're, we're trying to live up to it. <laughs> we try to live up to it. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> and to wrap up this episode, this is Dead Reckoning performed by Kat Reinert, live here on Joy Sounds. I can see all my mistakes left behind in my wake 
Like a northern star, they've led me far from home. I distance the life I knew, each wave pushing my truth. Crashing sand upon the shore, my heart could take no more. I found my dead reckoning. Sorrow and sadness. I found my dead reckoning in all of this mess. I've got more stars to uncover, more maps to plot a course. Take the helm in my hand, sound the bells of sweet remorse. Know the way home in irons, bracing winds, kaleidoscope. Mourn the loss of a journey not taken, and anchor my heart in hope. I found my dead reckoning in sorrow and sadness. I found my dead reckoning in all of this mess. Ships are full. A ship in a harbor is safe, but that's not what ships are for. A ship in a harbor is safe, but that's not what ships are for. I found my dead reckoning in sorrow. to subscribe and follow joy sounds wherever you listen to podcasts also follow us on all social media platforms using the handle at joy sounds music are you an artist who would like to be on the show visit the contact page of our website at joysoundsmusic.com for more information until next time this is joy sounds music you need to know